We're back. Back on the couch back, this week. Back together. Back together again. Together again. You and I together. Together again. You like that? I, I made that up. Oh. Did it sound like something that was real? It did. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what that is. I, I wrote it just I, now. It, I improved it. I was like, is this a Rugrats reference or something? You might not know this, but I took two semesters of improv musical improv in oh. uh, co- in college <laughs> oh, boy. improvisation jazz improv so yeah jazz there you go improvisation that's what that that's what my degree got me here here we are <laughs> together again <laughs> <laughs> uh, you thought it was a real song bitch yeah all right i'm not though i'm not making fun of it i'm <laughs> singing it because i enjoyed it tremendously <laughs> well hey everybody i'm latara hi i'm laura and this is passions podcast come on unison we did we did it again we did it in unison for the first time in like three weeks two weeks something like that yep so i'm back from chattanooga and i'm i've been here yep for two years yep so before we start the show today we got some business to get to i'll let laura take that away yeah so dear listeners i think i think i've been pretty open about it on the podcast but i am having some pretty significant um, health challenges that are have just really had a major impact in every corner of my life, um, and I I just need to take some time and kind of focus on trying to heal and get better and get myself together because I'm just I'm I'm struggling. Like I mean, Lotar, you know this. We've yeah. talked about it a lot, but I'm really struggling. So I um I'm sad to announce that I'm actually going to be stepping down. For my role as a as a co-host, as fun it has been, I think for me it's kind of run the course of what I'm really able to do. So, yeah. Latara is going to be crushing it. Well, uh, we'll see. With some I'm, guest hosts. I um. So the plan is, people, I will be soldiering on and trying to get through it. But um, and I will definitely, obviously, Laura's absence will be greatly missed. Mm. Um truly but but i'm gonna try my best to keep bringing the show to you all um i will have to take february off um just to start getting hopefully other guest hosts and people to to co-host with me so we'll see hopefully we'll be back in march um but just for those of you on the patreon i'm gonna go ahead and pause it so don't even worry you won't be charged for february all right yeah. So I just, yeah. So thank you all for like being such a big part of this. Don't worry. Like, you know, it's going to be back in some form. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we just wanted to give you a heads up. I'll be around for one more episode after this. So yep. don't worry. You'll get a little bit more of my we raspy one, low voice. One episode more. Oh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. So now we're going to get now it's a passion. Now we're gonna now we're gonna talk about passion. Now we're gonna talk about passions. This week was um not as crazy as last week, so I didn't have as hard of a time taking notes, but it still was kind of tough. Um, and I, as I was t- writing, I took a bunch of notes on a lot of the storylines, but then when I went to write my summaries, there was nothing there. So I realized like a lot happened, but nothing happened at all. Yeah, it was one of those things where everyone was kind of in the same vicinity, which always makes it chaotic to take notes. Mm-hmm. And then we got like a 30 second scene with this person and then a 30 second scene with the other group and then a 20 second scene with this. And then taking notes felt very frantic. Yeah. 
But then when I was looking at it all, I was like, what did I even write about? Listen, I wrote, we're going to start with fate, the fate storyline. I literally wrote three pages, three full pages of notes. My summary is two, three sentences. And here it is. (laughs) Teresa, Ethan, and Gwen have a conversation to come up with a solution to solve their current entanglement. Eventually, Gwen suggests that Ethan date both ladies until he's ready to make a decision about who he'll marry. Teresa doesn't like the idea, but is nonetheless pressured into participating. These two women proceed to debase themselves for Ethan's sake. (laughs) That's what I got. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what happened. Oh, they embarrassed themselves greatly. Greatly. Hugely. Okay, let's talk about it. I mean, it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. It's embarrassing for... It's embarrassing. It's hard to watch. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Like, yeah. I don't know what's going on here. Except I do. I just hate it. So, let's talk about it. Ethan sits down with these ladies for this ridiculous talk. Remember, he's like, we're going to figure this out tonight. So they have this talk. And then he turns the conversation from a love triangle into like an identity crisis about himself. Yes, that's exactly what I wrote. He starts saying some stuff about himself being a crane. And then Gwen jumps in saying, well, that's why we belong together. Because you're a crane. Hmm. Okay. Teresa then readies herself to tell Ethan, you know, you're not. You're not a crane. You're Sam Bennett's son. And I know we've talked about this. I know we've talked about this. But I'm going to say it one more time. <laughs> Ethan was raised a crane. He was raised a certain way. It Like, just because... And I know they're trying to make us believe that his DNA is what's keeping him from taking Teresa as a mistress and just marrying Gwen. And you know what? I'm going to go with that. But he's still a crane. Yeah. Like if your last name if your last name on your birth certificate is Crane, you are a crane. He was raised in the silver trappings of being a crane. Yeah. So like he he understands the world from this from the crane perspective because that's who he grew up in, with and around and he had access to all that a crane would, you know? Like he it doesn't matter like you said what the name on his birth certificate is or what's going on in his DNA when it comes to what you grew up in and around yeah. and the experiences that you had. Yeah. So whatever. Teresa's like banking on this, which is, you know what? That's how 17 year olds think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how 17 year old girl. Thinks, Let us I guess. not forget. I, I, we haven't brought it up in a while, yeah. but she's 17 or 18. Do we think Alistair knows? I think Alistair knows the truth. Mm-hmm. I I can't say for sure. I truly, sincerely do not remember, mm-hmm. but I do think I do think and believe Alistair knows the truth. And honestly, that I might re- actually remember and don't consciously remember. Like, because I really feel like he knows. I feel like he has to know. He knows everything about this family. How yeah. could he not be aware of this? Yes, and. When Julian later on is trying to call him from the mine because he fi- finds out all of this shit, we don't. He doesn't get through to him. Mm-hmm. He's like, and Julian says something about finally I know something that father doesn't, and it's yeah. like, mm, do, do you? you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think Alistair knows, but whatever. We got to keep going with these people. Yeah. Ugh. So Teresa's ready in herself, getting ready to tell him, you're not a crane, blah, blah, blah. Then the phone rings and it's Pilar. So she goes to take this phone call in the foyer by herself. And she tells Pilar, I'm going to tell Ethan. 
but she doesn't tell Ethan. I'm just going to skip through it. I'm but, like, you know, I do like this one thing that Pilar tells her. She says, Teresa, if you expose Ivy's secret, mm. she is never, ever going to let you be with her son. Yeah. You know, and I was like, that is an excellent point I hadn't thought about. She also says, she also says, look, Teresa, there's no more evidence Ivy burned all the papers. You, There is no evidence. And so if you make this claim, Ivy's just going to say you're lying. And as much as it will kill me, I will back her up and say that you are lying too. And that is surprising. It is and it isn't. I, Pilar, I, I, Pilar's been yeah. choosing Pilar's been yeah. choosing the cranes over her family for years at that's this point. That's true. Yeah, that's true. She's been choosing them. She's been putting Ivy above her family and Ethan and Sheridan. Mm-hmm. For a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so it is and it isn't. And I think I think her friendship with Ivy means a lot to her. I think that not, not necessarily about the clout that comes with it, but I think she really is just like so loyal to Ivy. Yeah. Ugh, for whatever reason. More loyal to them. Seriously. Yeah. And Ivy. But you know what? Pilar doesn't want Teresa to be with Ethan either. Right. So that's that. She does have some motivation there, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm. Yeah, whatever, Pilar. Remember they were saying Pilar doesn't lie? This I've, bitch been lying all... <laughs> in the past few episodes alone, it's been like, I, I, I'm out of fingers to count the number of times Pilar has told a lie. Lie on lie on lie. Lie. You lie. <laughs> you lie. <laughs> Come back now. Just call her on FISA. <laughs> um. So... Anyway, that's a 90-day reference if anybody gets it. <laughs> if you get it, you get it. Yeah. And it's hilarious. But anyway, um, so Pilar says, promise me you won't tell Ethan um, about this. And Teresa says, I promise I'll do the right thing, mama. And hangs up <laughs> the phone. Mm. I loved it. I did like that response. I loved it. You know what, though? Teresa... If I were Teresa, I probably would have just blown this all up immediately, to mm-hmm. be honest. Because, like, he's going to be mad either way. And at least if you blow it up in the first place, when you immediately find out about it, he can't be mad at you for keeping it from him. Right. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. But I would be upset if you knew, like, if you knew for however long, three months, four months, I know it hasn't been that long now, but for however long, that my dad wasn't actually my dad and you, like, kept it from me. Yeah, yeah. It'd be it'd just be weird. Yeah, it'd I think. be really weird. The, the the saving grace is that this um night has been going on for like forty episodes, so she actually only found out a few hours ago. Yep. So she hasn't really been keeping it from him yet. But I'm with you. Like you have you have a, a short I don't know three day window with which to find out the information, sit with it, figure out what the right course of action is, and then you have to do it. Yeah. Because then you become complicit if you don't. Yeah. Yeah, and you're lying to me. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, so anyway, she goes back into the the room, and they go back to having this ludicrous conversation. Ugh. And Teresa poses the question: What if you weren't a crane, Ethan? What then? And Ethan just responds by saying, "But I am a crane," which is what I like that response. Like, yeah. No. From his perspective, there's no reason for us to have this conversation, this ridiculous hypothetical conversation about if I wasn't a crane, I am a crane, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. 
Then Gwen just starts throwing herself at him. <laughs> yeah, she's like, that's right, honey. You are a crane through and through. And that's why I love you. And that's why we're meant to be together. And that's why you shouldn't be with this tramp. And she's just <laughs> like, Ethan, if you don't, if I don't become your wife, I'll die. Oh, and she like God. just throws her body onto him. <laughs> and he's just like trying to console her kind of. Um, girl, this part's crazy because then he says, I'll always be there even as a friend. And Gwen says, you know what, Ethan, you can actually keep Teresa's mistress. If you'll just marry me, if I get to be your wife, I will turn a blind eye to you also being with Teresa. Yeah. As long as I am your wife, you can keep Teresa as your mistress, but I needs to be your wife. Then what's the point of being his wife? But you know what, Laura? It's not about Ethan for Gwen. Right, right. This is it's what about this is prestige. what this is what they have decided yeah. for Gwen. Yeah. This isn't what was true 200 episodes ago, but now this is what has been decided for her and that is that she is really truly a clout chaser. Yeah. That she really and truly it is a claim jumper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a throwback for, to last week. That is. No, but that she really and truly only wants him for the prestige, for the clout, for the money, for the um the real the power. The real gold digger in the room is Gwen. Is Gwen. She does not care about Ethan. No. That's very obvious. Yeah. It's and it is it's such a departure from what they have been telling us mm-hmm. for hundreds of episodes. But you're right. This is now what has been decided about Gwen. Yep. And I'm going with it. I'm yeah, we have to because that because this is what's been established, so we got to go with it now. But um it, it it yeah, it's it's kind of wild. I love it. I kind of love it cuz it makes it so much easier to hate Gwen. And yeah. I, and listen. Gwen, you think Gwen's done some shit now? <laughs> Girl, Gwen loses her shit. And I'm so I'm so sad that you're not going to get to see some of the shit that's coming up soon because it's really like, wow, I think um, on the next episode, because that'll be my last. I think I'm going to I think I should say some of my expectations, like my predictions. Yeah, you definitely should. And then I'll check in with you every once in a while. Yeah. Like, so what's going on? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So Gwen, uh, they, they you know, they've turned her into a full blown villain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They oh my turned God. her into a full-blown villain that you can't feel sorry for. And I yeah. think that was the intention. They did it so quickly. Mm-hmm. They real. I mean, it's just the, the, the pacing compared to the to the rest of the storytelling just is, is I don't know, it's intense. It's pa- so fast. Part of me feels like the intention was that she just has just snapped. snapped. That she has just snapped. Yeah. I will say, Gwen is like going for this hard, right? Mm-hmm. But it's really truly Rebecca in her ear That's pushing true. her on. There are s- at least two times in these episodes where Gwen's kind of ready to give it up. She's like, "You know what? He doesn't want me." And Rebecca pushes her to keep going with this. That's true, and we should also say that Rebecca is eavesdropping on this whole conversation between the three she initially wanted to take part in it and then ethan kind of i think it was ethan insisted that the three of them needed to talk so rebecca is sitting right outside just listening in and commenting on everything Mm -hmm. and you're right it is reminding us that she's the puppet master here and that gwen is just a a tool yeah 
So uh, Gwen says, I want to be your wife. You can keep Teresa as a mistress. Teresa says, I don't want to be your mistress. Mm -hmm. Like, of course. Like, what the fuck? Like, what would Ethan think of her if she agreed to that? Right. Right. Yeah. Teresa's like, um, I want to be his wife. I don't want (laughs) (laughs) And then Gwen's like, do you really think you can give Ethan what he needs? You don't know anything about him. You don't know nearly as much about him as I do. And then she just keeps begging Ethan to marry her. She says, I will be the best wife and lover and mother you could ever hope for way better than her. Like she also says, the guests don't know. Yeah. Only our immediate family and my bridesmaids know what happened here tonight. We could just get married tomorrow. Like none of it ever happened. Yeah. We still have the church. We We still have the priest. Everything's ready. And she's not wrong. Everything's still, still ready, which is, which actually, shocked me in a moment like shocked me into um like this weird moment where I was like oh that's right this all is happening in one night like I really it just seemed like so much longer yeah um seemed like days probably because I did spend days watching it you know (laughs) so so it's like oh my gosh she's right they could just get married so she begs him begs him can you imagine begging a man who has a man who has cheated on you for months, um, called off your wedding the night before, and now is like forcing you to have this conversation with his side chick. Can you imagine begging him to still marry you? And can you imagine the gall of when that man says, turns to you and says, one day I do intend to get married and it's going to be for life because I don't believe in divorce <laughs> or mistresses or any of that nonsense. <laughs> can you imagine that that's that man's response to you? Oh, man, I would be. Luis would have to handcuff me, put me in jail. <laughs> he I that man would be dead dead. I mean <laughs> he would be there wouldn't be no coming back like Miguel. He would be dead, dead, dead. I can't say exactly how I would have killed I look see and that's the thing. I don't know if I would have killed him in a rage fit or if I would have waited. Mm. And just like pretended like everything was okay and then just to make sure I got away with it. Mm-hmm. But if I'm Gwen I'm definitely getting away with it because she's like a Hodgkiss. And then it's a it's a crime of passion. And she's right. I mean, you know. So, yeah, if I'm Gwen, I probably would have just fucking killed him. I probably would have stabbed him. I would have stabbed him a bunch of times. (sighs) Yeah. I don't know what I would have done. I probably would have done nothing in the moment. I wouldn't I wouldn't be in this position. I would not be in this position. I, I I would not. I wouldn't be in this position. I, I wouldn't be in this position, but um, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. You don't want me. You're interested in someone else. Bye. 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 The only way I, I would more, be in the position. I have more dignity. The only way I would be in that position, I guess, is if I just didn't know anything about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, if I didn't know anything about it, that'd be one thing. But I wouldn't be fighting for someone who is not interested. Oh, in yeah. Me. I wouldn't be fighting for him. It's like so the I feel like I could I could find myself in Gwen's position right up at, to the moment where he calls off the wedding. Right. But yeah. everything after that is like, no, 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 no. Yes, I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. 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 Except for the part where she sent Teresa to, to Aruba or wherever the fuck. Bermuda. Bermuda. With her fiance. That's ridiculous. Bermuda. 
Jamaica, ooh, I wanna take you to Bermuda, Bahama, come on, pretty mama. (laughs) Down at Kokomo, we'll get there fast and then we'll take it slow. That's where we wanna go, way down in Kokomo. Oh yeah, that's my shit. That you know what? I listen to the Beach Boys on really, really cold days when I have to walk to work. I have to walk that fucking mile to work in 14 degree weather. Mm-hmm. And I listen to the Beach Boys in just in sheer defiance of the weather. Yeah. <laughs> I had a moment with uh the album Pet Sounds mm-hmm. like a couple years ago. I couldn't stop listening to it. And that's I, the one with God only knows on it. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was just like, man, what a what a what a stellar group of musicians that yeah. I just like was sleeping on. I don't know. Like, you, you know, you know, your their hits and then, but the whole album is so good. Yeah. That's yeah. how I feel about all, Hall and Oates. Yeah. Yeah. Daryl Hall and John Oates. Um, that discography is fucking fire. <laughs> it's so good, man. It is. Y'all got to listen to it. Anyway, Hall we're off. We're off topic. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Gwen in this weird position and is fighting for this man who does not want to be with her. Whatever. Mm. Gwen says you can, you can be his mistress. Teresa says, I don't want that. Ethan is standing there. (laughs) Ethan says, oh, I feel so guilty for hurting you both. And then both of the girls say they don't blame him. And I wrote, this is pathetic. And then he says, maybe I'll just stay single forever while you both marry other men. Oh, shit. Like, he turns this into a pity party. He's done this thing, which is, like, he's reversed, like, the victim and the offender. Like, which is what which is what psychopaths do, where when they offend against someone else, they try and reverse it and make themselves look like the victim. And that's exactly what he's doing here. Yeah. Um, also, I d- the one thing I did forget to say is that Gwen says to him, she offers to give him up entirely and leave Harmony if that's what will make him happy because she only wants his happiness. That's all that matters to her. Mm-hmm. That's what she says. Mm-hmm. All that matters to me is your happiness. <sighs> but he does not take this out. Yeah. And he does. Then he does say that bullshit about whatever being I feel terrible to have guilty this and I'm I'm the one to blame and I have so much guilt and maybe I'll just stay single while you go live wonderful lives without me like what I love but I love that moment actually like it's crazy but I loved it because was this Ethan's whole thing all along that he just wants to be single and couldn't figure out how to break up with Gwen? Maybe. <laughs> so then he uses Teresa. And so, I mean, that's not, <laughs> I know that is not at all what is going on. I know that's not what's going on, but it just was hilarious when he said it. It's crazy it to was, me that, that, that the writers, like, this is, so, this is supposed to be a love story. <laughs> like, this is supposed to be a love story, and this is so sordid. So... The girls object to Ethan staying single. They're like, no, you have to choose. You have to marry somebody. One of us is going to marry you. (laughs) He's never gone on a date with one of them. (laughs) She's in high school. Like, I mean, what is happening? Um, He's a lawyer. Gwen then then comes up with what she thinks is the perfect solution. She says, it's called dating. Um, okay. So her plan is you'll date both of us at the same time. And then when you're ready, you'll marry one of us. 
Which, like, frankly, makes sense. Like, yeah, he should probably date people. But but this, like, to schedule dating with two people, like, seriously is strange. Like, often you date casually multiple people at the same time. Mm-hmm. And he kind of says that, but not well. Like, the point is, yeah, casual dating is one thing. But I have known you. We've had an intense relationship for years. We I, were engaged. We were engaged. We were supposed to get married tomorrow. tomorrow. And this other person, this teenager in high school, I've never <laughs> been on a real date with. So, like, you can't casually date both of these people. Like. It doesn't work. Girl, this was hila- This was also hilarious to me. Because he's like, hmm, that sounds like a great idea, Gwen. Okay. Yeah. And Gwen's thrilled with this idea. And Teresa, the only rational person in the room. Our lovable lunatic is the only person displaying like, rational thinking. Yeah, She's like, this does not sound like a good idea to me. I don't like this idea. And Gwen gloats and says, oh, I guess you're too scared that he'll realize that he loves me better if he is dating us at the same time blah 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 girl he literally left you for me oh so uh, yes great point but also i want to point out that gwen was like i think it's a great idea and then ethan reluctantly is like you know maybe maybe this is a good idea and that way i can give it a try and then one one of one of us can get married and we can start our family and i was like does Teresa get a vote does Teresa get the get a fucking vote she was just standing there the whole time shocked you could tell she was just like what is happening while these two (laughs) while these two other people agree that they should just have an open thruple situation and that's not fair to say a thruple because but 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 like but like ethical non-monogamy right right yeah yeah sister wives yeah 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 polygamy yeah he could marry them both in utah yeah <laughs> I don't know, girl. This was so weird. This was really weird. And Ter- yeah, Teresa's just standing there. And I got really upset. I was like, does she get to speak? Does she get to have an opinion about this? Yeah. Well, Gwen says you're just scared that he doesn't really love you. Teresa's like, no, he definitely loves me. I can tell by the way he looks at me. I can tell by the way he relaxes when I walk into a room. I can tell by the way I feel when he touches me, bitch. Mm. Um, She's like, so I'm not worried about that. It's just I don't want to share Ethan with you. (laughs) And then Gwen says to her, if you really love Ethan, then you will give him the time and space to sort through his feelings. Like neither one of you are giving him time and space. Like, Mm -hmm. and yes, it's very clear that he shouldn't be, in my opinion, it's clear he shouldn't be with anyone. Like he's, he's a mess. He shouldn't be dating anyone. He needs to be single practicing law with his his sharp legal mind. He needs to study. Forget the honeys for a while. You know what I mean? The honeys. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but also this is, this was weird. Teresa in her attempt to like say this plan won't work. She says, Luis will never go for it. He'll never let me go out with Ethan in a million years. Mm. And then I, in my head, I was like, but he's going to be okay with you marrying him. I wonder if she's thinking she can get married to Ethan before Luis finds out and can like (laughs) intercept. I don't know. Like, she's like, if I get married to Ethan tonight, Luis will have, he won't have, he won't have time to intercept them. Did I just say exactly that? I don't know, girl. 
I was just very confused by that mm. whole situation. It's like, oh, so Luis is an issue. And then Gwen makes that exact point. Mm. Gwen's like, well, if your brother's going to be an issue, then Ethan, you should just go on and marry me. Like, <laughs> Yeah. You, how are you going to marry him? You know? Right. Uh, Teresa does not answer the question. We move on. Yeah. They just, they just, I think Gwen kind of changes the subject and is like, Speaking of weddings, tomorrow was supposed to be my wedding, so I think I should get the first date. Yeah, yeah. So she and Ethan are going to go on a first date. Ethan takes Teresa home, and Gwen and Rebecca tag along because she doesn't want to leave Teresa alone with Ethan. Mm-hmm. Um, Whatever. The next morning, <laughs> Whitney comes over after all of the shit at the mines because that's a whole thing. Oh, boy. Whitney comes over. Teresa tells her, brings her up to date on everything that happened last night with Ethan and Gwen and she says we sat down and had a rational conversation and Whitney's like you think the woman who came over here with a baseball bat and tried to kill you and made this big ass mess uh is really gonna be thinking rationally like all of a sudden after one night and then we cut to Gwen stabbing the shit out of a dress form that has her wedding dress on it going damn you Teresa damn you Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald ah! and she's like wearing her veil she's a mess yeah, she's wearing her veil streaming it's not fair stabbing this thing with scissors I mean what unhinged oh, slow down girl like what the hell unhinged uh Rebecca comes in and calms her down and tells her to get a hold of herself. And she says, she's, you're never going to get Ethan acting like this. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she like calms and coaches her daughter on what to do next. Yeah, cause Gwen, but Gwen says, he doesn't want me, mother. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't want me. And she's like, no, 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 no. He does. Don't you worry. We'll fix it. We'll take care of it. She calms her down, tells her to call him and uh, to make her basically make herself very available. So she calls him and makes like this, puts on the fakest perky voice it's like we're gonna have a wonderful day together honey don't don't you worry i know you haven't planned anything but i've got the whole day sorted out yeah he's like sorry i haven't had time to plan a date and so she's like oh don't worry i'll do it i'll plan everything Mm. you know what their date is the country club and then when she goes to the mansion and sees Teresa has already gone over there, which because, of course, Teresa has gone over to the mansion. Also, Teresa goes to the mansion to work and her mother tries to stop her and is like, Ivy's obviously going to fire you. Yeah. She's not going to let you come into her house to work for her now that her son has called off the wedding because of you. Like, right. you're going to lose your job. What are you doing? Teresa goes anyway. Teresa goes anyway. And... Ethan has actually talked to Ivy and asked her not to fire her. And she acquiesced. And why wouldn't Teresa quit this job? Right. It, I would just be too uncomfortable. Yeah. But I get, you know what? Teresa is shameless. Yes, she is. She's shameless. She doesn't care. She wants to go into the mansion. She wants to be close to Ethan as much as she possibly can. And working there is going to make sh- ensure that she's in the home. Yeah. But Ivy's going to make her life hell. She doesn't care. I don't know. Because if she's working yeah. for Ivy, Ivy can be sending her out of the mansion yeah. to do things away from the mansion. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I, you know, I, me, for me, I mm. would not want this job anymore. No. Mm, it'd be too uncomfortable. Yeah. But that's not who Teresa is, and we love her for it. Mm. Um, so Ethan tells her, 
yeah, you you don't worry about your job is safe, whatever. And uh, Gwen shows up, tells Ethan they're going to the country club. She makes a joke at Teresa about where you going to take them on your date. The the that greasy burger shack you burned down. Which I was so glad they brought that back. <laughs> Me too. That was funny. That's such a nice throwback. Yeah. Too bad you burnt down that greasy burger joint last year. Yeah. The burger <laughs> hut. Wasn't it the burger hut? I think it was the burger hut. Yeah. We have burger <laughs> hut t-shirts on the website. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> All right. So whatever. Anything else? That's where that's where we leave it. Good with, the, with them. Good. With those three. Somehow we spent a half hour on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we spent a long. We, yeah. I mean, uh, I like I said, it's weird because I did take a bunch of notes, but did anything happen? <sighs> Ethan they was decided, annoying. They decided to date each other. They decided to date each other. That's it. Yeah. But I had to say it all. Well, that's what this is. Had to get it all we out. Ha- we have to get our feelings out. Get it all out. What are we doing next? Shoeys? Shoeys. Here's, oh, this summary's not good. Get ready. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. The ghosts in the forest tell Sheridan to run from danger, and she runs right into Hank. Hank begins acting shadier than usual, and Sheridan momentarily figures out that he's trying to kill her, but she immediately dismisses her suspicions as crazy. Before Hank gets the chance to kill Sheridan, the fireball appears in the sky and he abandons his plans. Louise finds Sheridan and the two embrace during what they believe will be their final moments. The morning following the great fireball affair, Louise makes breakfast in bed for Sheridan and they share some heartwarming moments. (laughs) Does that even make sense? Well, I guess we have to say that... um, I don't, I don't know. Have we said this yet? I don't know. That a fireball appears in the sky? Girl. <laughs> I don't think that that... I think that happened in the middle of these episodes. Idiot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so Sheridan starts off, like you said, talking to the ghosts. And they say, run, Sheridan, and they say, run. run. Run from danger. So she runs right into the arms of danger. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They say, they're like, seek you safety. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy it's so funny though i loved it and she's like running she's like okay i'll run I, you know what i really actually did enjoy this and i loved when she figured out hank was trying to kill her yes and she was right sheridan needs to trust her instincts mm-hmm. sheridan doesn't trust herself um which is sad because she she's smarter than she thinks she is she's yeah. got she gets it right a lot yeah because she's running through the woods. Hank and Pierre, remember Pierre's here for whatever fucking reason, is stalking her through the, they're stalking her through the woods. And at one point he, Hank like points his gun at Sheridan. I, I, I this is something I want to say. Why doesn't Pierre just shoot Sheridan? I don't know. He keeps telling Hank to take the shot. When he's standing there with a gun. He could just do it. Yeah, I don't. And he, we know he has no qualms about killing her. Because he tried he to was, rape was, and murder her. Uh, yeah, in uh, in Gay Paris. Yeah, he tried in the countryside. Yeah, he tried to R and M her. So like, we know he has no problem doing it. So I don't understand why he doesn't just do it. I wonder if this is like his cartel initiation. It's like if they get him to do this, then they have him on the hook forever. Like this is their recruitment tool, maybe for Roger. for roger yeah i don't know hank um yeah but what use is hank (laughs) right what what do they want him for what use is hank (laughs) 
Oh, I'm dead. That was just, I know that was such an honest question, but what use is Hank? What do they want him for? I, I unless unless he's a great jewel thief. Maybe he is. He got away with it. They never caught that jewel thief to our and knowledge. And I think it might be him. I think it might be him too. They never brought it back up and I'm yeah. going to keep I'm going to keep talking about yeah. it until we're in episode 2028 or whatever whenever this show ends. If they don't ever bring up the fa- whoever that fucking jewel thief was yeah. in Castleton. What was that art heist in Philly or Pittsburgh that they never caught the that they never caught the person? The person? It was Hank. <laughs> <laughs> it was Hank, Hank Bennett. Hank Bennett, and he's been hiding out in Harmony That's ever since. Right. That's right. Yeah. So anyway, Pierre doesn't kill her, and, uh, and neither, neither does, does Hank. Hank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Sheridan's like running, running through the woods. Although I will, so I'm so sorry. He, Hank does say, um, because he's looking at her so darkly. He's like, "What's the point? I lost you to Luis." I might as well kill you now. Like yeah. he, he doesn't, but the, he doesn't say I might as well kill you now. But he says he 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 insinuates that that part is left unsaid. Yeah, yeah. He says that to Pierre. He's like, she's already. What else do I have to lose? I think yeah. he says, and it's like your humanity. Yeah, that. What a weird. What a weird turn. He's a bad guy. Yeah. He's a bad guy. He and we we've, we've known this about him. We that's why we don't like Hank. Yeah, that's true. So but I'm sorry I interrupted you because yes, and then so then Sheridan starts running. She runs into Hank, but Hank grabs her from behind and puts his hand over her mouth and pulls her like off the path or whatever the trail or whatever. And uh then when he lets her go, she's like, "Oh, Hank, it's you." hell no i would have punched him i would have mm. punched him in the Mm-mm. face Mm-mm. like why did you do that yeah the fuck uh-uh. these ghosts are telling me somebody's after me trying to kill me then you grab me and put your hand over my mouth for some for for whatever reason yeah you know it was like an attack in the woods yeah and uh he lets her go she goes oh it's you hank and she's like brushing herself off and, she, and then she tells him about the ghosts, the spirits. Yeah. And she says, they were telling me somebody's trying to kill me now that I found Luis. And then she's like, it's you. It was you. You're the one they were, the ghosts were warning me about. And Hank just stares at her darkly. Yeah. It doesn't say anything. Oh, no, he does. I think he does ask her, why would you think I would be out here to kill you? But he says it like with like flatly, no emotion, you know? Yeah, so she figures it out, but then... But then they spot a fireball in the sky. Yeah. Like, literally, Hank is going to kill her until they spot a fireball heading, plummeting towards the earth, heading right for them. Yeah. And Hank, I guess, gets distracted. Yeah, he gives the 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 gun to Pierre and, and goes to join the others because he's like, well, I guess we got to fit what the fuck's going on. All right, let's go i don't know yeah louise has been looking for them this whole time so he finds them he finds yeah. sheridan and then they go back to huddle because the fireball is coming straight for them there's a fireball in the sky everybody <laughs> the fireball you want to know why charity you want to know why there's a fireball in the sky keep, keep listening keep listening keep we'll, listening we'll tell you about it keep listening uh so that's really it out there they the fireball does eventually get destroyed <laughs> 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 the fireball gets destroyed and so then they l- all just leave 
and go home. Oh my god! And then, oh, really, really quickly, when Luis finds them, they're like, "What the fuck is that?" And he says, "Quote: It's a fireball on its on a, and it's on a collision course for harmony. Take everyone to the mansion so they can hide out in the basement." <laughs> She's like, "Yeah, we can go hide in the wine cellar in the Crane Mansion for safety." Yeah, she's a. Uh, I I mean I mean that it's a nice try. I, I appreciate it. It's better. You know what is better than what their fucking plan was? I think, I think it's better than what their fucking plan was, which I, was to go down into the fucking mine shaft. All of their solutions are are not actual solutions. Stupid. If there's like a giant, I don't know, I don't know how big that thing was, but it looked enormous. Mm-hmm. If there's a mile wide fireball heading for you, it doesn't matter if you're in the wine cellar or a mine shaft. You're going to die. We're all gonna die. You know? Like, yeah. the impact alone. Yeah. So, anyway. anyway. But at least in the wine cellar, you got wine. Yeah. Get dr- get drunk. Yeah. And pass out. I don't know, man. Girl. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because it didn't, nothing happened. <laughs> it doesn't matter because nothing fucking happened. So, um, <laughs> the fireball gets destroyed. They all disperse. Uh, the next more we next see them the next morning. Sheridan has like a sexy dream about Louise having sex with her, which I thought was real, but it wasn't because Louise was actually in the kitchen making her eggs Benedict. He brings out the eggs Benedict, puts it in bed for her. She has breakfast in bed. It's gross, even though they have told us Louise can cook. Right. I Yeah, this part I was like annoyed by because up to this point, it's always been Sheridan can't cook and, and Louise is a whiz in the kitchen. But then we see Luis in the kitchen struggling. He's like, why did I make anything so fancy? And Eggs Benedict is not actually. It's hard like, to poach an egg. I mean, it's not. And Hollandaise sauce can be very tricky. It can. But like, I mean, my boyfriend makes pretty good Eggs Benedict. Mm-hmm. So like, but like it's if you just put it in a blender and do it. Like it's yeah. not that. I don't know. It's not as hard as they made it seem after establishing that Luis is good in the kitchen. Right. You know, like to do the to do what you need to do. Like that's not that complicated if you have been in a kitchen yep. cooking your whole life, yep. which is what we are meant to believe. Yep. So whatever. He makes her big eggs Benedict. They're not very good. And she pretends like they are. And then sends them out for some juice and wraps them up in a napkin and hides them. When he comes to take her tray, he, of course, finds the eggs Benedict wrapped in a napkin. And we think this is about to turn into a thing, right? You think it's about to turn into like a little argument. Why'd you lie, to, lie about the eggs? Oh, my eggs aren't good enough for you. But no, he was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> He's like, you know, I ragged on you for your cooking. I guess it's only fair that you get to laugh at, laugh at me now. Yeah. <laughs> and then and they th- flirt and make out. Yeah. And they have a sweet moment. It yeah. was sweet. That's yeah. it for Shoeys. Yeah. That's it. That's all she wrote. That's, that's what they did. They were cute. All right. So we're going to take a little break and say a thank you to our patrons. Thank you to Munashe, Marcus, Erica, Breland, Lisa, Zach, Sid, Serana, Dustin, Heather, Randall, Bridget, Ashley, Hannah, Camelia, Amanda, Monique, Samantha, Amy, Chucky, and our newest patron, Jeanette. Thank you all so very, very much. Remember, if you would like to become a patron, you can also go on over to patreon.com slash passions podcast. Also, I really want to take this moment to talk about and call out some asshole who gave us a one-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Oh, really? I don't know who it was, but fuck you, dude. Really? Yeah. A one-star rating. A one-star rating. It didn't have a. It didn't have a review. It had, but it, there was one star. So now our rating is four point nine. Wow. 
Isn't that some bullshit? That really, it pissed me off when I saw it. Interesting. I wonder what they didn't like about us. I they mean, probably Trump supporters. We're hilarious and charming. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. What, I don't know. That's, it was Rudy Giuliani. That's so funny. Someone gave us a one star. It's that's a, not funny. That shit pissed me off. I, I don't know. I always laugh at that shit. Like someone feels so poorly about themselves that they try to ruin someone else's day with something as small as a fucking one star rating. Like it'd be like, one it thing. It makes me laugh. It'd be one thing if they re- had a, a reason and wrote the wrote right. like a review and like, this is why I don't like this podcast. But it's like, you just give us a one star and like, what if? It's someone who doesn't understand the star rating and they Girl. think that one is better than five. <laughs> That's <is> not. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so y'all, please help us out and go rate our podcast. <laughs> I would really appreciate oh, it. Man. Also, you can rate on Spotify now. I, I gave our podcast a five stars on Spotify Ah. that was that's like new that's cool and it does help people find us yeah uh if you rate review and subscribe yeah please help a sister out because uh we got a one star to contend with yeah we gotta fix this ratio now crazy I can't believe that it's like so my uber rating for the longest time was like 4.99 yeah and then it dropped to 4.97 I was Yes. So I have to talk about Uber real quick. Yeah. Remember when you threw up in the back of that Uber? I didn't throw up in the Uber. I did not throw up in the Uber. It dropped my rating. It dropped my rating. I did not throw up in the Uber. A full point. I did not throw up in the Uber. A full point. I didn't. I've been climbing. I've been slowly eking my way back to a back to a four plus star rating. I silently, (laughs) I silently and gracefully. repelled (laughs) some some fluid from my body into a plastic bag that I brought myself okay I I didn't leave anything not a drop of of vomit in that uber no just all over my rating yeah (laughs) my bad girl I was fucked up you honestly handled that so well and you don't have to. You don't have to include I, this. We can cut yo, this out. I but. think no. We, I love this. this. Is quality content. Honestly, I think I accidentally did meth that night. I think you did. <laughs> I think you did. You came back, and I was like, and you were like, I just smoked with some strangers on a stoop, and I was like, I don't know if that was a good idea. And then we went in to get like one more drink and like one sip, and you're like, uh oh. <laughs> Like something's wrong. I was like, "What did you smoke?" I was like, "That's why you don't bar. That's why you don't smoke weed." No, off I'm of done with. I'm done with street weed, man. Street weed. I'm done uh-uh. with street weed. I mean, that's been years ago now, but that yeah, was a while ago. I'm, I'm, I'm very much done with street. What part weed. of town were we even in? Uh, we were somewhere in Manhattan. I don't even remember. We're somewhere Lower East Side, maybe. Yeah, we were somewhere yeah. in Manhattan. I do remember that much. Mm-mm. Ooh, I just came home and. Did you take my bra off? Did you un- undo my bra in the thing in the Uber? You're like, I'm so hot, and I started taking your, I started taking your clothes off in the Uber. I mean, I mean no wonder. Oh my god! No wonder our driver was like, these two. <laughs> Look out for this girl. She's a mess. Don't let her in your car. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh gosh! Oh, thanks for getting me home. Safe Uber driver. Oh my god. All right. So shenanigans. <laughs> shenanigans. Let's get into these shenanigans. All right. Troubled marriages. This is also not a very good summary. Here it goes. After Julian falls down the mine shaft, Ivy is hopeful that he's dead, but no such luck. 
Julian encounters Hecuba, who uses her magic mirror to show him a vision of Ivy and Sam making love. Julian then calls Ivy and tells her he knows all about her past with Sam. After the great fireball affair, Julian miraculously appears on the surface, disoriented but mumbling about Sam and Ivy. The next morning, he's still in a state of delirium and Ivy calls over Eve to examine and sedate him. Meanwhile, Grace is having her recurring dream about a woman with a little boy trying to take Sam away from her. Sam once again assures her he isn't going anywhere. That's what I got. All right, all right. Now, it doesn't have all of the things that happened, but you know. My favorite it's part. The hits. I have two favorite parts of this. One is when Julian starts screaming that Ivy is a deceitful slut. Yes. And also when he finds a Rembrandt. Yeah. <laughs> In El Dorado, he calls it. It's El Dorado. Oh, his whole, everything he did in these episodes was fucking hilarious. Fire. Fire. So funny. He was so funny. Yeah, he really is incredible. Ugh. And such a slime ball. Ugh. It's amazing how everyone loves him. Like, all the viewers. Because we do. He just does such an excellent job where he is awful. He's an awful person, but we uh, he's so endearing because he's hilarious. You know what it is, too? He's awful, but he never wins. Mm. So it's easier to like him. Yeah. It's hard to like a person who's horrible and is winning. Yeah. Julian is horrible and loses every fucking time. So it's like you can enjoy his buffoonery yeah. and laugh at him yeah. because he is awful and you don't have to feel bad about laughing at him him yeah like a bumbling villain is funny yeah but a successful villain is scary yeah 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 Yeah. so uh julian falls down this mine shaft honey and it was hilarious (laughs) um meanwhile on the surface so let's do what happens on the surface after he falls Mm. after he falls (laughs) ivy has to literally walk away to hide her glee (laughs) (laughs) she cannot hide she goes to pull large she turns her back to everybody she is smiling from ear to ear her grin is so wide she's like maybe he's dead (laughs) (laughs) maybe he's dead oh my god and she's like now there's the only thing standing between me and sam is grace i (laughs) I was like shit i was gonna push her down the mind well she already poisoned her that (laughs) one time i forgot about that (laughs) she already drugged sleeping draft she already drugged her oh my god Uh, yeah so um uh ivy then decides to play up her grief over over julian so that sam will comfort her and it works and it works it works it works and then i think i don't remember if it's him or pilar who convinces her to make some phone calls about bringing in a rescue crew Mm -hmm. but she she does call and when no one else can hear she says but there's no rush (laughs) yeah And again with again with the construction crew. He asks, he says, we need a bulldozer, a crane, and a full crew. Again, what are you gonna do with the bulldozer? Right. The crane, okay. What are you gonna do with a crane? What are you unless you're gonna send people down on the crane? That's not safe though. Yeah. I whatever. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do with a construction with crew? With a construction crew. And right. not a rescue crew. Right. Right. 
what are they going to do? What do they know about this? Why aren't they calling Castleton if they need backup? You know, like bring like this is Sam's responsibility, not Ivy's. But either way, whatever we talked about last week, but it made me laugh that yeah. I was like, no rush, no rush. Take your time. Take your time. Um, and they do because they never show up. No, they uh, never except, do. Except maybe they did show up after everybody leaves and they're like, what What should we do? Where we, You know, right. does anybody ever call to cancel that? Not that we saw. <laughs> Good point. Good point. So who knows? Um, so Ivy is playing up her fake grief and Sam comforts her. She kisses him mm. in kind of in full view of everybody, but nobody sees it. Mm-hmm. He pulls away before anybody sees it. But yeah, she kisses him. She once again tells him, you don't have to leave Grace. I'll just be your mistress. She has no problem with it. Then she tells him, rescue the children first, because if Julian dies down there, you and I can get back together. Girl. <laughs> Girl. I, oh, you know what, though? Once Julian is dead and buried, Grace will be our only obstacle. Mm. The only thing wow. standing between us is Grace. Wow. Ooh, Ivy. Her son has qualms about having a mistress, but she has no qualms about being one. Yeah. <laughs> interesting yeah but then his dad you know sam won't take her as a mistress i guess i guess his dna is yet 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 as i said i guess ethan's dna is pure pure as the driven driven snow snow. Ugh, he's gross but anyway this little incestuous town sam once again tells her like no ivy leave me alone ah i don't want you Mm -hmm. but she's like i can tell you still find me beautiful don't you sam like there was something that he said that she was like oh so you think i'm beautiful i I can't remember exactly what it was yeah he said something yeah yeah he was like no matter how beautiful you are and she was like oh you think i'm beautiful Mm. (laughs) that was her takeaway from it yeah you really still love me, don't you? <laughs> she and Teresa are cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Actually, I, I've said that before. They really are. They really are. Yeah. Okay. So, down in the mine, Julian. Mm. Julian falls down, and he's laying there, and he hears a voice calling to him. I've been waiting for you, Julian. Come to me, Julian. And then Hecuba, like appears him into her i don't know how you call it, what do you call that she well, magics he, him into her cave yeah the mine cart starts heading his way right. and oh I think, yeah i think that he kind of he backs into the wall to avoid it and that and that's how he discovers yeah the the door he gets sucked in kind of gets yeah sucked into the cave and the lights are all out and he's like where the fuck am i and then the lights come on and he's like oh I'm in El Dorado. Yeah, there's all these treasures and stuff. And he's like, this is Crane property. So anything here is mine. And he just starts grabbing shit. It's like, sir, you are stuck in a mine shaft. What, what is gold to you yeah. if you can't get out of here? Right. Idiot. Um, so he starts grabbing stuff. And is this when he sees the Rembrandt? Is, or is it later? It's a little later because this he actually meets Hecuba like pretty quickly. Like yeah. she appears and he kind of cowers because who is this? Who is this woman living in this cave on property that I own surrounded by glittering gold things? <laughs> Girl. And then she's like, he's like, how do you know me? How do you? She's like, I've known your family for a long time. And he goes, oh, an old friend of father's. Hmm. Like that's how he decides that's why she's down here that she's an old friend of his dad's and he's just let her live down there right okay 
So then she sits him down in front of the mirror. Uh huh. And he sees a sexy scene and he's into it. He's like, ooh, porn. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't wait to watch people fuck. Yeah. And uh, at first he can't see who it is. And so when Hecuba's like, oh, these are two people you know, he's even more into it. Mm-hmm. Um, voyeurism. Yep. And uh, he likes to watch. He likes to watch. And then he realizes that it's his wife with Sam Bennett. And, and he's uh, been cuckolded. And he's been cuckolded. <laughs> yeah. Julian the cock. Julian the cock. And then Hecuba shows him um, a vision from their wedding night where Ivy is in her wedding gown dancing with Sam Bennett. Yeah. And Julian flies off the handle. Yeah. He's like, that bitch, that deceitful slut. She'll never get away with this. He goes off. He's foaming at the mouth. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up. By himself in there, finds a Rembrandt. Yeah, she disappears while he's foaming at the mouth. And then he finds a Rembrandt and uh, is completely distracted by it for a brief second and then goes back to raging. And you deceitful slide. I know all about you and Sam. Yeah, he, call- he calls, he calls her. Ivy so he can berate her. He calls her on his cell phone. And here's here's my question. Ivy would not have been my first phone call. If I had my cell phone and it was working and I was stuck down in a mine shaft. I probably would have called that crew they had been asking me to call. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I'd be calling some rescuers, some help. I guess he's so distracted by this news that all he wants to do is yell at his wife. Yeah. He so doesn't he, even care about getting out of that fancy treasure cave. He calls her and says, yeah, you deceitful slut. Oof, it was it was a lot. He accuses her. He's like, you've been married. You've been married. You've been in love with Sam Bennett since before we got married. Uh, which is true. I don't, I, I don't know where I was going. Yeah. No, that's it. They, she, he says all of these things. He knows everything, but stops short of knowing that Ethan is not his son mm-hmm. basically. And so the, the fireball then happens. <laughs> yeah. Then the fireball appear, appears in the sky and Ivy cries into the phone. We're all going to die. Yeah. And she stops listening to what's happening with Julian because she, all of her focus is now on the fireball and there's interference the the, yeah. the phones don't work anymore he tries to call alistair to tell alistair what he's found out but he can't he can't get through because the phones aren't working because of the fucking fireball and this is the moment we were talking about before mm-hmm. where julian's like "Ooh, i know something my father even know. even father doesn't know this but i think he probably does mm-hmm. um so eventually the fireball disappears or is destroyed we'll get to it in a minute um and then Julian just appears above ground in a uh, in a uh, cloud of smoke. Yeah. Um. And he's delirious, and he's laying there. He's kind of growling, and he's he's mumbling something about Sam and Ivy, and and Sam comes over to talk to him, but he's just like out of it. And that's like where we end it here. We there's nothing else beyond that. Yeah. Like the next morning, um, Ivy is with him, but he's in bed doing the same thing. Like he's still basically passed out. Yeah. You know, he's like kind of barking in his sleep, growling in his sleep, saying, saying things. But like he's not really cognizant of what's going on around him. Like he's still he's taken to his bed. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because of what he went through or if it's like the news has him so... 
I don't know. Don't I don't know. Really understand. This. I keep trying to figure out. Did Hecuba do something? Like I don't know. But anyway, he's like growling, slut. Yeah. Slut. Like a lot of slut. Divorce you, slut. Ivy, you slut. And uh, <laughs> Ivy calls Eve over. She's like. I need a doctor. And Eve's like, you could call it any doctor. He's like, not with him saying this kind of shit. Right. You know? Yeah. And she asks Eve to sedate him. And Eve, of all fucking people, refuses. Declines. Her favorite thing to do is she, unnecessarily sedate people. She goes, he has a concussion, Ivy. The last thing he needs is sedation. Wait, what? Yeah. Wasn't Orville like... Didn't you like keep him in a fucking coma? He was hit by a car yeah. and you sedated him. He was hit by your car yeah, when you, you drove ran it. him over. Yeah. I guess that's just never, no one's going to talk. I think they started it, a storyline that they abandoned. I think so. Yeah. I, I think that must be what happened. Yeah. I think so. Because Eve hit Orville with her car. For sure. Because TC brought, whatever, whatever. I'm not, <laughs> not going to do it. For Don't, sure. I'm not, yeah. They abandoned that storyline and, and so shall I. Yep. So, so. So say we all. Uh, so she, she Dr. Death re- declines. <laughs> she declines to give him a sedative and he's growling and shit. And Ivy's like, Ethan can never hear the stuff that he's saying. And of course, Ethan walks in the room as she's saying that. Mm. And then he's like, what's wrong with father? And then Julian says Ivy, but that's all. Right. And um, Eve very quickly rushes Ethan out of the room saying, your father needs his rest. So he goes out. Mm-hmm. fine um that's really all for yeah, them that's right? really it because that's when ethan asks his mom not to fire Teresa. so like the the julian stuff the troubled marriages stuff like kind of ends there grace starts having her nightmare again mm-hmm. about the woman in the hood with the little boy who steals her husband away and and but that's that's as far as it goes yep so i know next week we're gonna get into it more but th- that's where it ends this time around yes so now y'all fireball for time. the real for the f- it's fireball time one star we should have had shots of fireball one star really it, one just, star like, it's, oh it's, it's getting it's, to you it's, now yeah, huh? it's getting to me getting to you now huh one star yeah what bullshit is that yeah i i was very our sparkling I, I a, our sparkling conversation about a great television show i was deeply offended huh yeah i don't know who did it hmm. but i'm gonna track him down <laughs> piece of shit <laughs> it's getting to me now all right let's yeah. talk let's talk about this fireball huh okay y'all you were saying we should have done shots of fireball whiskey at oh it's eleven forty. hell yeah girl and it's yeah. saturday yeah. some yeah. cherries jubilee yeah fireball let's, jubilee let's get fucked up after this do i have anything to do <clears throat> I don't no know. i don't i'm pretty sure i don't all right i was gonna clean my room but that can wait you can do that fucked up yeah all right, so here's the here's the summary. Magic. Down in the mineshaft, Kay and Miguel are in a minecart trying to escape charity. Concerned they will die, Kay confesses her love for Miguel, and he says that before charity came to Harmony, he was going to ask her out because he wanted to start dating her. Hmm. Kay kisses him passionately as Charity uses her powers to pull the minecart down the tracks towards her. Charity then traps Kay and Miguel in an invisible box, or maybe Hecuba did. Either way, they're trapped. (laughs) Charity then decides to shoot a giant fireball into the sky in order to destroy all of Harmony. 
Miguel and Kay overhear Tabitha telling Timmy about the evil pendant and the light in the box, so they escape the invisible box and work together to open the box of light. <laughs> so many boxes. I oh got this fucking summary. <laughs> The light destroys the fireball and begins to destroy Charity as well. But Miguel manages to focus the light so it only destroys the evil pendant. The kids and Tabitha are then somehow transported out of the mine shaft and are reunited with their families. Charity, of course, remembers nothing. But Kay and Miguel remember everything. The adults try to explain their memories away by saying they must have been hallucinating due to a gas leak. Miguel and Kay plan to go back for the box to prove their story to everyone. The next morning, though, Miguel has a change of heart. Jesus. Ugh, it was so much. I didn't even get it all. There's so much. And I didn't know how to word it. Yeah. It, I didn't know how to word any of it. It was a tough one. Magic the last few weeks has been really tricky. So I really just wrote down what happened. Like, yeah. the action. Yeah. Because I still am struggling with what is going on. It's because no one explains it. Like they, because all that is happening is the action. And then there's no real explanation for why or how, but then they also repeat things, you know? So it's like, we're going to try this thing and it didn't work. So then we're going to do something and then we're going to come back and try it again. And it didn't work. And then we're going to do something else. that's kind of similar to the first thing that we did. So it's like nothing actually moves forward. You know what I mean? They're very clumsily and disjunctly moving into a new storyline yeah that's what is happening yeah it's like they're moving into this hecuba space and where and this space where Kay and miguel recognize their feelings mm-hmm. or Kay, miguel recognizes Kay's feelings and Kay understands that if charity wasn't in the picture she definitely has a chance with miguel yeah M- miguel mcnell um so that's the direction we're going and mm-hmm. i get that they just, instead of writing a story to get us there, decided to do all of this nonsense that makes no sense and just move us to the next storyline. Yeah, this thing with the pendant is particularly irritating to me. Um, we did all that and now it's gone. We did all that and now it's gone. And it would have been nice if, I don't know, I think, it, I guess it. it's nice that Miguel saved charity for once. But also, it kind of would have been nice for Charity to just win the fight between good and evil with the pendant. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then have no memory of it. You know, her power is growing, but she's completely unaware of it. Yeah. You know, that also could have been cool and and more interesting than this. But I don't know. But this is what we got. But this is what we got. (laughs) This is what we got. I will say, so going back to the very beginning, when Miguel and Kay are in the minecart, this Kay is wonderful awesome i love her she's so good girl by the end of these episodes by the end of these episodes i was like i am so team k so team k i am i am so team k yeah because for a while it was like i'm not i'm not team k i'm just i just don't want charity you know i just don't like charity right but now it's like i'm i like k Mm -hmm. i really like k and I do think it's good that we, it comes out of the blue, but I think it's good that we get confirmation that uh, Miguel is very into Kay, you know, and mm-hmm. has been for a long time. And I think it's, it doesn't absolve what Kay did earlier, mm-hmm. but, but um, I think it's, 
it tells us that like Kay's not crazy. She's not making this stuff up. Like it's not in her head. Like, you know, Miguel has real feelings for her and she does for him too. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about it. All right. Uh, so Kay and Miguel, they get into the mine cart and go on a crazy run around these tracks that are for whatever reason, completely clear, even though there's been so many like earthquakes and cave-ins in these episodes and the episodes before and the episodes before that. And also clear and circular. Like they just keep ending up in the same place. You know what I mean? Like they keep ending up at the, at the opening of the mine shaft. So these tracks just go, it's like they're on a train around a Christmas tree. I don't know. In a mine shaft. They're in here. With St. Michael. On these tracks. And Julie, a flaming sword. Julie, in a box. Girl, shut the... <laughs> I'm just saying what's happening. <laughs> Listen. Julian ends up... When he falls, he falls right on the tracks. And the... Kay and Miguel are in this cart, but they can't stop it. So they're like careening down the tracks towards him. He wakes up, realizes that they're about to run him over. And he rolls off the tracks. Then... But they finally get the thing to fucking stop and they sit there in the cart for a little while. And Kay says, and actually, I loved this. I loved it. Kay's like, we're probably going to die down here, Miguel. He's like, don't say that. She's like, no, we're probably going to die down here, Miguel. And I don't want to die without telling you how I really feel. Mm -hmm. And she tells him, I love you. I've Mm -hmm. always loved you. And he says, I love you, too. You're my best friend. And he she goes, no, 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 no. I'm in love with you Mm -hmm. because he knew what she was saying Mm -hmm. he knew what she was saying but she made sure she clarified and i'm glad she did yeah i uh yeah i loved this moment and i thought up to this point a lot of the couples who don't want to admit their feelings for each other end up in a life and death situation and that's when they admit their feelings finally you know Mm -hmm. happened with ethan and Teresa. i think that's kind of shared in in luis as well Mm -hmm. you know and it's i loved that this actually was life and death and it wasn't like this it's preposterous but not as silly as the other things this is like i just it just felt so much more authentic to me yeah i really liked this yeah it was, I mean, it was definitely more authentic than Ethan, like, shaking Teresa, who has nothing physically wrong with her, <laughs> right? And saying, like, I love you, Teresa, even yeah. though there's absolutely nothing wrong with her. The nurse is just telling you she's lost her live, her live to will, her will to live. <laughs> you know, it definitely makes more sense because they are trapped in a mine shaft. Right. You know, shit, yeah. that is scary. That's terrifying. With, with, uh, with a, uh, I don't know, some spirit that's inhabiting charity body and shooting fireballs he, and electricity out of her fingertips yeah i mean we're gonna die we're down gonna here. die down here yeah it, very likely so she tells him this he says he had no idea and then he uh she tells him that when she looked in the mirror she saw them making love together you know he's like she was like that's what that's what i see in our future mm-hmm. <laughs> right um and then she asks him, could you love me too? Could that be possible? Mm. And he answers with, I love charity. That's not what I asked you. It's mm. not what I asked. Mm-hmm. She says, right. But if charity never came into harmony, could you have loved me? Like if you had never met her and he says, you deserve to know the truth. He he draws it out for a minute. Yeah. He's like, you deserve to know the truth, Kay. And if we're going to die down here, I might as well tell you. And he says, if Charity had never come to Harmony, he 
definitely was going to like he had every intention of asking her out that he wanted to start dating her in quotes he says yes I would have loved you that's his that's his response before he gets into all this other stuff he finally says yes I would have loved you and then get and then goes on this story oh I was gonna ask you out before charity showed up and blah 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 yeah kind of heartbreaking actually um this is how they got me on team k yeah this happened to me like obviously not in a mind shaft but like one of my friends in high school was like we'd kind of been flirting and i'd kind of been feeling him and we were at the same dance and we were dancing together and he's like i have something to ask you um you know and i was like okay like just let me you know do you want to talk and he's like yeah let me just like go get a drink of water or whatever and then he disappeared for like a long time And then I saw him like talking with like our friend's older sister with like one of her friends who had just like moved to the school. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds fake. And she was really pretty and all this other stuff. And I like finally cornered him and I was like, hey, so what did you want to talk about? Blah, blah. He's like, oh, um, um. And he like kept trying to change the subject. He's like, I just wondered if maybe you could teach me how to dance. And I was like, he was totally going to ask me out. Like, I knew he was I like, I knew it. I knew I knew he was going to ask me out. Yeah. And then he didn't. And he like literally started dating this other girl. They were together for years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, it obviously worked out the way it was supposed to. But yeah. Yeah. But it sucks, man. It sucks. Poor Kay. Yeah. Poor Laura. (laughs) No, No. I'm fine. (laughs) No. Poor Kay for real, though. Living a better life. But yeah. It was. It was heartbreaking. And it it solidified me on Team K for Mm -hmm. a little while. Mm -hmm. At least for a little while. At least for now. Um, I know she's going to do some more nonsense, but. But for now. But for now. I'm definitely Team K. I'm Team K. Mm -hmm. Especially with the way Charity acts later in these episodes yeah um so anyway that happens and then charity starts pulling the cart towards her so the cart is like out of control again because it was out of control and they managed to bring it to a stop and then it goes out of control again so um Kay's like we're gonna die and she just kisses miguel lays it on him Mm. and he kisses her back yes he does they make out yeah in that cart as they're flying around the mine shaft oh they run over timmy oh Timmy and Tabitha, they run over Timmy and Tabitha has another beautiful speech. Yeah. About how she loves Timmy and she never treated him well. And it's, I think it's the exact is same it? speech. Is it? From the avalanche. Oh. It, it's almost the exact same thing. It, I had the same feelings. Mm-hmm. Well, Timmy pushes Tabitha out of the way. That's how he gets hit by the cart. They could have just both stepped off the tracks. Yeah. They could have both they just could done have. that. <laughs> I mean, Julian was basically unconscious and got out of the way. Yeah. But but whatever. anyway, T- Timmy gets smashed by the tracks, but he does come back to life. So everybody can calm down. <laughs> <laughs> all y'all at home. It's all right. Calm down. Yeah. Don't have a conniption. You don't have a cow. Um. So then Charity. Okay. So this is where I was confused. Charity pulls them to her. But then they're trapped inside. Did Hecuba... Did Hecuba put that around them so Charity couldn't get to them? You know, I thought Charity did it, but it, I guess it would make more sense if Hecuba did. It was not explained. It was not explained. Also, we have our own theory that all of the Bennett women have powers, so maybe Kay accidentally did a magic thing like to protect them. Field, maybe. But then it also trapped them because... She, but that, I mean... That's a real reach. Is that as much is as much of a reach as Hec- Hecuba? 
maybe it was. I thought it was charity, but yeah, it was it was completely unexplained. Yeah. So they're trapped inside of like a mime box. You can't see it. Yeah, not <laughs> to be invisible. confused with mime box. Mime M I M E. Mime box. And they're like touching the sides of it and they can't get out. Um like mimes. Um but then they can get out. I don't know. And I didn't I- understand. <laughs> I yeah, I did not understand because then I thought, okay, so I thought maybe Charity did it and then got distracted. Because is this when she conjures the fireball? Yeah, yeah. And maybe she got distracted so she didn't, she like dropped the force field thing. Maybe. So that she could make the fireball in the sky happen. Well, but then I thought, why did she make the fireball? And I thought maybe she made the fireball because she couldn't get to them. And so she decided to do the fireball to just just destroy all of Harmony. I don't know. I don't know. It was not explained. It wasn't explained. It was not. And both make sense. I Yeah. So I don't know. But anyway, they're inside of this invisible box. And Tabitha is, for whatever reason, explaining to Timmy that the pendant around... uh, uh, What's her name's neck? Charity's neck is evil, even though Timmy knows all of these things. She's explaining all the things to Timmy. And of course, Miguel and Kay overhear it. Mm-hmm. So they, she explains about the pendant and about the box and how the bo- only the box and the light in the box is what can destroy charity. That's the only thing right now that is more powerful than charity's power. Mm-hmm. So once the invisible box that Kay and Miguel are trapped in vanishes, even though it was um, whatever, it was invisible. So, <laughs> but they get out. <laughs> They escaped the box, I guess. And Kay goes to, quote, distract Tabitha, but she just has a conversation with her. Like a very normal, very. Yeah, she's like, so tell me about your doll coming to life. Yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, Miguel goes to open the box, but he's too dumb and can't get it open. Even though it opened so easily when she opened when Kay opened it before and she just knocked it over by accident yeah yeah so now it's it's so hard to open I think Miguel is just weak and tired you know he hit his head I guess and he's a himbo he's an idiot he's not super smart god he's He's so dumb very nice he's so dumb but he's kind of an idiot he's so dumb and I don't know how nice he is either I don't know I just I'm struggling with Miguel these days. <laughs> so she, she, Kay goes over to help him open the box and they get it open. And then the light bursts forth. It destroys the fireball. The fireball is destroyed. The No, but Reese proclaims the light destroyed the fireball. So that happens. <laughs> the light destroys the fireball. And then it starts destroying Charity. And Miguel's like, she's going to die. The light's killing Charity. So he tries to close the box. And Kay's like, don't you close that motherfucking box? Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, are you? She's like, are you kidding me? She just tried to kill us. She's going to kill us. Don't you dare close that lid. And so he's like, well, maybe I can focus the light only on the pendant. Which what? He, which, which. He doesn't do like they show us the same image. All the only thing that changes is now Charity has a shadow, but it's the exact. It looks precisely the same. Correct me if I am wrong, but it looked exactly the same to me. And yet we were told that even though I looked at nothing different, that something different happened and that Miguel successfully redirected the light only at the pendant and saved them all. Yes. And we actually didn't see any of it. 
We didn't see any of it. The What we basically saw was him closing the box so mm-hmm. less light was coming out. And then, yeah, that it was like except, nothing happened. Except the light on Charity looked exactly the same. But then they yeah. added a shadow. Yeah. And what was that? Was that supposed to be the sh- the shadow like of the spirits that were inhabiting her? Girl. Was it supposed to be like actually her shadow because the light was changing, even though the light wasn't changing? I don't like know. I don't whatever. I don't know, girl. I don't know either. I don't know. So they destroyed the fireball and the evil is vanquished. And then they are randomly up top. I was hoping for another appearance from St. Michael. Oh, somebody on the TikTok, like I posted that, uh, that clip mm-hmm. and somebody on the TikTok was like, is that Sam in the St. Saint, Saint Michael um, <gasps> costume? And honestly, I couldn't figure it out because it's very blurry, you yeah. know, but it does kind of sound like him and it kind of looks like him from, oh, you know, I was like, wow. I wonder if that's James Hyde. Oh, wow. I, wonder. I wondered at first if it was Father Lonigan, which I think would have been <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> And then I was like, nah, it doesn't sound like him at all. But that would be interesting. Yeah. Because, I mean, they had him as a pilgrim. Yeah. You know, they put different characters in the, or different actors in different costumes and stuff. And they're different Maybe. people. Yeah. So that's possible. How funny. I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. But. I'm, I'm just going to go back and look at that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they end up topside in a cloud of smoke. Yeah. How? Did the box transport them up there? Or like you were wondering, did Hecuba pop them back up above ground? Yeah, I, I I don't know. And I think I think it's Hecuba. My guess is that it was Hecuba. Because I thought it was the box. Because originally, when the box was opened, all of the bad guys were transported underground. So I thought now that they're all good guys, they're transporting them above ground. Like literally, gra- you like hell, like above and below. I don't know. Right, but Tabitha's not good. But Tabitha's not good. So, yeah. it, so I, I honestly don't know. But I, the only reason, because as I was watching the episodes, I was very confused. I was like, how the fuck did they get up here? What was it? Mm-hmm. it this doesn't make any sense. And then Tabitha pipes up saying that she led them out. Obviously, lying, let them out. Don't you remember? I led you out of the mines. Blah right. blah blah. So then I was like, well, maybe Tabitha did it, but she doesn't have any powers. And the only mm. reason I started to think it was Hecuba was because at the very end of these episodes, she appears that fucking crystal onto Kay's desk. Yeah, maybe. So it was like is- she has the power to transport things. Oh, I bet you're right. So I think I think it was Hecuba. And I think she's trying to get out of the cave. And so this this is this moves what am I trying to say? Sets her plan in motion. Thank you. Yes, this sets her plan in motion. Yeah. I think you're right. That makes sense to me. They didn't explain it, but that's what yeah. it seems has happened. I buy it. So they're topside. Uh at first, okay, this was very confusing. I don't know if you were as confused by this as I was, because I wrote, okay, a rock slide. Oh, sorry. After the light destroys the fireball. A rock slide immediately happens and like fills in the mine shaft. So all the people up top are like terrified. We're never going to get the kids out. They're dead. Like there's no way. Right. And that's when they appear topside. Right. right? Um, And then the kids. It seemed like at first that Kay had no memory, like that their memories were different because Kay says that Miguel kicked the box open by accident. And so I was confused. 
by what she was saying. But then later she just says everything that actually happened. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that was a mistake or what, but whatever. She remembers everything. Miguel remembers everything. Mm-hmm. Charity remembers absolutely nothing, which mm-hmm. is par for the course. Tabitha says, cause Sam's like, what do you have to say about this Tabitha? And Tabitha's like, Oh, well I told them some ghost stories. <laughs> yeah I spooked them it's their imagination I told ghost stories I think it's important to also note that while Kay is explaining what happened Grace starts to have her premonition about the box about the box like she she's kind of starting to see these images that align with what Kay is saying so even though Tabitha comes up with a preposterous story that their imaginations took off and this was because she told them a ghost story all of the adults buy it except Grace doesn't really yeah grace is like she feels uncomfortable about the whole thing yeah um Kay and miguel spend some time trying to convince everybody they're telling the truth and um everybody believes tabitha for some reason instead but like y'all saw the fireball and you saw the light destroy the fireball right how is it so hard to believe the other things that she's talking about right like you saw, how do you explain that shit how do you explain that shit? Well, Luis is like, I think I smell natural gas. There must be a gas leak. Yeah, there was a gas. There must be a gas leak. Except. So every, except, so all of them had the same hallucination? Except natural gas has no smell. They add a smell to it so that you can smell it. Ah. The gas you smell coming into your house, you smell that because at the, at the uh, uh, refineries they add a smell to the gas you can't smell natural gas wow i didn't know that you cannot smell it so he didn't smell gas interesting because this is like it would be it would be natural gas it's not like there's unless there's gas lines running through there that are on and running but why would there be in these ancient ruins i don't know but you can't smell natural gas. Yeah. So anyway, we're going with it. Louise says there's a <laughs> gas leak and y'all must have been hallucinating. But then how did y'all have the same hallucination? Right. The same delusion. And Reese kind of explains it, but he only explains it between how, why, why Kay and Miguel had the same hallucination. But you bring up the excellent point that everyone above ground saw the fireball. And, and they, the light. And they saw the light destroy the fireball. And then they saw people appear out of nowhere in clouds of smoke after a cave in happened. How do you explain that all? They you, don't even they don't even try. You don't. Really. They don't. They didn't. They didn't try because you don't explain it. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. They yeah. Wow. So everybody goes home, disperses. Then um that actually that night, Miguel pulls Kay to the side and says he's gonna go back down into the mine to get the box. However, he's gonna however he's planning to do that, he's planning to do it. Right. Because he's like, that's the only way we can prove to everyone that we're telling the truth. Mm-hmm. But the next morning, oh, also, sorry, before we go to the next morning, Charity's like super offended at what Kay said that that Kay says Charity was trying to kill us and Charity gets super upset at Kay and is offended and is like I would never do anything like that Kay like and then she turns to Miguel and Miguel like doesn't have anything to say to her it's interesting how upset Charity gets considering she knows that she strangled Miguel on the dock at prom. Mm-hmm. She knows that she did that. And so she, maybe that's why she gets so mad at Kay for accusing her of trying to kill Miguel and Kay mm. because Charity knows that she did do that one time. Maybe that's why she gets so defensive about it. Mm-hmm. But she, you're right. She gets very mad at Kay. So then the next morning, nobody's going to a hospital. 
Why would they? <laughs> Nobody's gone to a hospital. Why would they? The only reason you go to hospitals are so that Eve can sedate you. No one has gone to a hospital. <laughs> so the next morning, everybody's just up having their fucking Cheerios. <laughs> and uh, Simone and Jessica are making fun of Kay. Yeah. After go, as she, even if, even if she did hallucinate all of that shit, she still fell down a fucking mine shaft. Right. Like how, y'all, that was, to me, so mean and nasty. I don't mind uh, Jessica making fun of her sister because they have had such an antagonistic relationship. Like, that makes sense. I was surprised... I was surprised that Simone joined in. Yeah. Yeah. That was I don't weird. Know. I just, even if you do have an antagonist, antagonistic relationship with your sister, if she fell down a mine shaft and almost died, I'd probably wait a day or two before I start like giving her shit again. Yeah. Well, they didn't. I, I mean, <laughs> come on. I just thought it was horrible, especially coming from Jessica, who's supposed to be like the nicer sister, mm. you know? Yeah, she is. I, I wasn't surprised about that. Like I said, I was surprised about Simone. I just thought it was gross. Um, So they're like making fun of Kay. Mm. And uh, Kay's like, you'll see. Miguel's going to go. You'll see. You'll see. <laughs> Miguel said he's going to go back and get the box. You'll uh, you'll see once you see the box, whatever. So Miguel and Charity and Reese come into the kitchen. And Kay says to him, you're still going to go to get the box, right, Miguel? And Miguel was like, well... I don't know. <laughs> you know, he's having a change of heart. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to talk about this. M- we've talked about how Miguel was strangled by charity and was um, shot down by lightning by charity on the fucking docks. Right. Kay at w- pulls him to the side and says like, how can you still be worried about charity's feelings? Cause Oh, cause Miguel pulls, no, Miguel pulls her to the side and tells her that she's scaring charity. Mm-hmm. He, he like gives her a talking to about you're scaring the hell out of charity. Fuck charity. <laughs> charity tried to kill me and you. If you don't remember you fucking idiot. And he does admit that he remembers it. Yeah. Yeah. He tells, he's like, yeah, no, I do remember all of that. Fuck charity. <laughs> I like I was so mad at Miguel. Yeah. So, okay. Then Kay makes the point. Miguel, she tried to kill us less than 24 hours ago. And he was like, she only did that because she was possessed. And she he's she says, and sorry, and Kay says, Well, what if that evil is just lying dormant in her and can just come back up anytime? And this is where I, I have a big issue with Miguel because this is the second time. Charity's tried to kill him mm-hmm. and he that he knows of mm-hmm. this. It's no longer an isolated incident. Yeah. And what Kay says Makes rings sense. true. Mm-hmm. But he's like, nope, 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 nope. Well, he's dumb. He's so dumb. I hate him. He's is he the dumb? Did we put him on the list? He's as definitely the dumbest. The dumbest. Yeah. Did we put him on the list? We, as the dumbest? Mm-hmm. I think we put he him is. on the list as the dumbest. Yeah. He is absolutely he's so dumb. the dumbest. Yeah. He's an idiot. And I don't know. Much like Ethan, I don't know why these girls want him. I don't get it. I guess because he's cute. I don't get it. I wouldn't. I don't know. I don't get it. He's so stupid. But anyway, Kay says she's going to get the box with or without him. Yep. She's on a mission. A woman on a mission. Yeah. So she says she has to get proof. She has to find proof. Uh, then, uh, why did I write Charity so annoying? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. Oh, because Kay asks him to go down into the mine shaft to get the box again. And Charity overhears it. And Charity goes, there's only one reason you want to go back. It's because you think I really tried to kill you. You did, bitch. Yeah. You did. Yeah. You don't remember it, which is even worse. Like, to me, it's, like, scarier. Mm. Terrifying. Yeah, you don't remember trying to kill me. And you could be faking it. You could be faking it. And wouldn't you want to know? I would, if I was Charity and people were accusing me of this, I would feel terrible. And I would probably be defensive. But more than anything else, I would want to know the truth. And so I'd be like, fuck yeah. We're going to the mine shaft. We're digging up the box. Like, I need answers. I need to know why don't why do I have no memory of any of this? Yeah. They need to call in Eve to do some more hypnosis. Why do I go on days long, hours long blackouts? Like, yeah. I, I would want to know yeah. these answers. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Charity, not Charity, Kay is saying she really just needs some proof. She just needs the proof. And then Hecuba makes the that crystal paperweight appear on her desk and i i mean it was a nice touch and i think it's good that they included a little magic but like it was in Kay's pocket why did it appear on her desk i you think know? she put it there so Kay sees it immediately oh okay like so Kay doesn't forget about it yeah you know? and we see hecuba's face in the crystal yeah so she it's says like, i'm waiting for you it's like her crystal ball yeah so a crystal paperweight that is the entire episode today that's it that's all she wrote so remember you can always catch us on oh remember our instagram page is moving to at passions pod and then we have tiktok at passions podcast as well as facebook at passions podcast and twitter at podcast passions i know it's a lot but you i I believe in all of you (laughs) okay We believe in you. You can check out our website for cool merch. You can listen to podcast episodes and watch Passions episodes on our website, passionspodcast.com. And reach out to us. Get in touch with us. Let us know yeah. your thoughts um, before you write us a one-star review. Write to us and let us know what we could do better. Seriously. Also, passionspodcast at gmail.com. Send in, you can go ahead and send in your heartfelt goodbyes to Laura. That would be very Aww. nice. Yeah. All right. So with that, You are my passion for life.